Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Tuesday, October 3rd. Here's what's driving the day. We all knew it was going to happen, but it was still a shock when it did. Matt Gates filed the motion to vacate the speakership against Kevin McCarthy, something that he had been threatening to do and hinting at for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it has now officially happened. This is the first time in decades that the Congress has had to deal with this. It is going to be one of those huge historic moments as this kind of figures itself out and things and things shake out. McCarthy has about 48 hours to kind of figure out how to deal with it. His allies tell us they expect him to table and basically try to effectively kill the motion. But Gates, on the steps of the Capitol after he made his announcement, told reporters that he had enough Republican votes to push this through unless Democrats step in and save McCarthy. Now, for their part, Democrats have been pretty quiet, saying not much about what they're working on, how they're working on it. Currently, they are waiting for a signal from minority leader Hakeem Jeffries and his leadership team on how to handle it. Jeffries and his allies spent much of last night huddling with leaders of caucuses, hearing out senior Democrats on what they want to happen. There was a late night meeting with Jeffries to kind of discuss some of this. There's also a meeting this morning at 9 a.m. in the Democratic caucus meeting. That hurdle is expected to be so closely held. Members won't be allowed to take their phones in. This is per notice that went out last night. They're really trying to keep it secret, at least keep it secret as long as they possibly can. There are some Democrats who want to cut a deal with McCarthy, basically make him work for it and figure out a way to get him to save him here. But other folks in the caucus are adamantly against it. So the meetings last night and the 9 a.m. meeting today will answer a lot of things. The biggest question that we have is whether McCarthy can actually survive if Democrats bail him out. A lot of Republicans are privately telling Playbook that if Democrats have to save him, that will bring even more Republicans to Gates' mutiny when the next motion to vocate comes out. One senior GOP aide told us last night, if the dam breaks, he'll lose more votes. One thing for you to watch today, how hard conservatives who are on McCarthy's side fight their own like-minded ideologues on the speaker's behalf. More infighting, more drama. It's Congress. What else would you expect? Also, today at 3 p.m., Vice President Kamala Harris will swear in LaFonza Butler as a senator from California. Butler is a very known quantity in Democratic politics, both in D.C. and nationally. Rose to political prominence through the labor movement, was the president of SEIU California. She served on the University of California Board of Regents. Most recently was the president of Emily's List. And also, during the 2020 campaign, was an advisor to then-Senator Kamala Harris. So I called my friend Chris Catalago to talk about Governor Gavin Newsom's pick to fill Dianne Feinstein's Senate seat. Chris is our Golden State guru and California bureau chief. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. It feels like, you know, you went to California, you forgot about us little people in D.C., but here I got my little claws back in you up on Playbook. <laughs> um, you know, th this is a big decision, right? We we didn't know. It, it, we knew it was going to end up happening after Feinstein passed away. And talk to me a little bit. You're very much in Newsom World in California and always have been. But talk to me a little bit about the kind of hours and days as he was making 
his final decision. Obviously, his, him and his team had a list of people, right? But talk to me about that kind of like final decision as, as it got to it. Yeah, so there were a lot of complicating factors for him. One, being on the other end of that line, whether it's him or or staff with the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer basically telling them we have to move very quickly. And at the same time, Newsom just balancing this kind of disbelief. I mean, despite, like you say, all the early planning they might have done around potential picks and meetings they may have had when that moment becomes real, you got to move. And we were in a looming shutdown situation and that really upped the ante. And then on top of that, you had a lot of outside and inside pressure. Folks like the CBC chair Horsford calling and writing to Gavin Newsom and saying that CBC supports Barbara Lee. You had some of the Lee folks reaching out to a lot of Black women, elected representatives, and um, other office holders in California putting pressure on them, basically saying, you know, this is going to hurt Barbara Lee if you accept this. And so there was a lot of background lobbying happening. And of course, we know with this pick that Newsom made, he went outside of the elected political arena to make it. It's certainly, I think we have to say, a blow, at least at the moment, to Barbara Lee. The big question, though, is whether uh, LaFonza Butler runs. And I mean, like she hasn't even been sworn in. She's being sworn in today at three o'clock by Vice President Harris over in Congress. But it not only complicates that, it complicates the CBC relationships if she runs, right? Like the CBC PAC has already endorsed Barbara Lee. They gave us money, right? Like, like all of that has already happened. I talked to someone today who said they wouldn't take it away. But also that same person said that she would be much more formidable possibly, than Barbara Lee, because she's 44 years old. She's many decades younger than Barbara Lee. And if you're thinking about a person who can serve in the Senate for a long time, a Black woman who can be in the Senate for a long time, you know, LaFonza Butler's it. Talk about, you know, how formidable she can become after she's sworn in, right? This is someone who's been around in Democratic politics and as a Democratic operative in the labor movement and as the head of Emily's List. How does that kind of all factor in here? Yeah, I mean, let's face it, we have this gerontocracy that we're living in now, and there's something, regardless of how you feel about LaFonza Butler or about the Democratic Party or about even the Senate, you have to kind of concede this idea that someone in their mid-40s in the U.S. Senate just strikes such a dynamic profile that can really, you know, speak to a younger generation. Like you said, she has her upbringing her work in labor, there's a lot of economic anxieties out there right now. She could she could really speak to a lot of those things. You could you can see the kind of profile building uh, for her. I think she could do that, you know, on an interim basis if she wants a career in politics but does not want to get into this campaign. But if she chose to quickly jump in and try to raise the money and try to boost her profile in California, there are a lot of ingredients there that she could seize on. And I think you see that even in the public state. Statements, private statements you pointed out from CBC members, you know, they've been saying some very, very nice things about her. Us reporters and really DC in general, we like answers fast, right? Not everything moves fast in DC, but one thing that people like to know is what people are thinking. 
people I've talked to today and for years, really, and, and what I know about Lufthansa Butler is she's not really someone who gets forced into making a decision. She's going to take her time and she's going to make a decision when she can make a decision. But this, in this case, in choosing and deciding whether or not she's going to run, she doesn't have a lot of time. So talk me through the official formal timeline of when she has to make a decision and be public and be a candidate if she were to do so. But also, and probably more importantly, the unofficial timeline, how much time she has to get money and throw her hat in the ring. Yeah, and certainly not to paint myself uh, as as an expert on her, but but dude, oh, you are the expert, sir. You are the no, expert. no, no. I do know her yeah, a little yeah. bit. I do know her a little bit, and I would say you're totally right when you say this is someone who who likes to to maybe take her time to make that round of calls, to do a gut check on these sorts of things, to talk to as many people in her network as she can. She's also someone that people who know her well will say doesn't always do the thing that you might expect over her career. You know, she's she's made some decisions people thought she'd make the obvious choice and she didn't. And I think that she would formally have to know by early December, but that's that's sort of an artificial deadline because this race has really been up and running. And so the ingredients for her are there, like I said, she would have to do a tremendous amount of what the you know professionals in the industry say is earned media. She would have to really catch this wave of this appointment and jump on it. And you know we would be we would see her on uh, various cable shows and really kind of um, you know jumping in in that way to try to boost her. Um, you know, she's known very well in political circles in DC and California, not so well by the public. I mean, the, uh, on the flip side, you know, you have Schiff and Porter who do have national profiles. Um, and so it would, you know, I would imagine she would really do her due diligence. There hasn't, you know, you, you want to do the, um, get the appointment done, get some media off of that, see how the first few days go. And then, you know, go out and poll it like everybody in politics does and see if there's a path there. Yeah. And when is the filing deadline in California for the Senate? It's the um, first week of December. You and the team and our burgeoning team in California have a lot of work to do. So I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. Of course. Thank you. And for your schedule today, the House is in, the Senate is in, President Biden is also in, but with a quite light public schedule. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening.